piece of me? Do I feel lucky? Well, do you, punk? Good morning, Vietnam! I love the smell of my pump in the morning. You're gonna need a bigger boat. I feel the need. The need for speed. I wish I knew how to quit you. Love means never having to say you're sorry. You do! You'll shoot your eye out, kid. What's up, film fans? Welcome to episode 286. Welcome to The Holdovers, and welcome to a new episode of the Cinnamon Movie Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Juan. I am joined by the cast, the crew, our own version of The Holdovers. Zach, how are you? Hey, what's up, guys? I'm doing good. How about you guys? Good. Jay? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. I have a personal story to tell when we start talking about the movie, because mm-hmm. I've experienced The Holdovers before in real Uh-oh. life. Oh. All right, so we'll, we'll get into it. Ed, to go? What are you to going? Oh, nothing. Just uh, the phone, not the computer today. Oh. How's, uh, how, how's everybody's weekend been? It's been. Yeah. Busy. A little warm yeah. weather out there today. Yeah, you know, I getting a little fun. I went out there and took Groot outside, my dog. That's my dog's name. I took him out, and he, we and him just lay there on the grass. So he was enjoying that. It is a nice day to get into some grass. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but we're we're, we're, <laughs> <laughs> we're getting into it. Uh, guys, we're already in March. We're 25% done with the year already. Uh, we're go. talking about, yeah, a lot more to go. The holdovers. But for some reason, this episode kind of fills in limbo. It's It's stacked in between... Killers of the Flower Moon and top five Martin Scorsese movies, and it's sandwiched in between the top five plus five of 2023. But that doesn't mean this is a sleeper episode. We have a, a pretty good movie to talk about. We're talking about The Holdovers. You guys can check it out on Peacock right now if you guys exactly. don't have it on uh, physical media. But before we get into today's episode, let's talk about San Marcos Mexican Restaurant. It's our favorite restaurant to go to. 2301 Southwest 59th Street, right here in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. You can get those two-go orders at 405-685-7773. You can also visit OKSanMarcos.com. Wednesdays, $5 Margarita Wednesdays. And don't forget the lunch specials. Let them know that the Cinema Movie Podcast sent you for 10% off your entire purchase. Great food and even better customer service. Uh, Let them know we sent you and... uh, it's it's our favorite place to go. So Let check them out. You and get a discount. Discount. Um, you can also get some ice cold beer. Some so that's, yeah, that's what we're talking about. Hit them up on the strawberry frozen margaritas. My wife swears by them. Even like, yeah, she yeah, she swears up by them. Margaritaville, she said, didn't even stack up to them. Not even not even kidding. Out in uh, Florida, so try them out. I've been to that in Margaritaville in Tulsa. Ah, I think so. Margaritaville. Yeah, Jimmy Buffett's Margaritaville. The food just doesn't taste the same if you don't have a little Margaritaville in you. (laughs) Uh, But speaking of last week's episode, Killers of the Flower Moon, it's available on Apple TV+. Plus. You guys can go back and listen to our thoughts on on that girthy movie. Um, We also talked our top five uh, Martin Scorsese movies, but also... Later in today's episode, we get back into the email bag before next week. I know, Ed, you 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 tuned into a, a good episode. 
Um, and then we have a lot more emails to get to next week. So everybody is just sending in their top five of 2023. Um, so, so keep those emails coming. Uh, you're keeping me busy, which is good. Um, but Zach, if they want to go back and listen to last week's episode, uh, all the links are in the social media pages. How do they find the social media pages? Yeah, we're all over all the different types of socials. Uh, can't hide from us. We're everywhere. Uh, we're on facebook.com forward slash the cinnamon mood podcast. Instagram, hit us up at uh, forward slash the cinnamon mood podcast. All just one word. Uh, X, formerly known as Twitter, that's forward slash cinnamon 405. And if you have any emails, likes, dislikes, recommends, want to know why it hasn't been available the last couple episodes, it's okay. Send it all in at C-I-N-E-M-E-N-9-2-1 at gmail.com. Excellent. Good hate mail. Hate mail is the good, the, hate mail is the best part. Those those are the fun emails. Um, I'd like to read those sometime. Hey, you know what? Somebody told Zach to walk right into an oncoming traffic because he thought Die Hard wasn't a Christmas movie. No. Die Hard is a Christmas movie. <laughs> yep. Well, really, they actually told me to go jump off a bridge. There you go. Yeah, yeah, the bridge. I get it mixed up sometimes. I've been told like an oncoming traffic. I've been told I can't be from Oklahoma because my accent isn't right. Well, I almost got Sam. I don't know if you guys know who Sam Stackhouse is. He's my best friend. He's a pro wrestler. And I went into the locker room one day in front of everybody, and I announced it loud and clear. I was like, Sam has never seen Die Hard. And... Holy shit! Did that get people mad at him? Did you do that before or after the the show? Before. Oh. I was gonna say if he got any extra chops for that. He did. <laughs> but he finally sat there and went on Voodoo and watched it, and he was like, "I missed out. It's a good movie. I've only seen Die Hard four, but." <laughs> you know what? This this is leading into this segment. So speaking of missing out. It took multiple people to tell me about this, but we're, I'm starting off recent watches this week. I finally started into The Office, and Great. I'm season. I'm into season two. I just finished. Uh, what was the episode where uh, everybody in the office finds out that Jim uh, is like in love with Pam? Okay. Uh, I just I just finished that episode. Um, season one, obviously, I, I flew by it. I finished it like in a day. It was um, kind of rough, wasn't it? No, honestly, like after the first episode or two, I just uh, it. What's the second episode where they put uh, Diversity Day? Yeah, Diversity Day. That that's that's the episode that drew me in, and I just could not stop laughing. Yeah. So I'm I, I'm in season six right now, and Pam and Jim are engaged, getting ready to be married. Oh no. I'm not trying to spoil it, but it does happen. You know, you should know that by now, Juan. Uh, I honestly, I don't know anything as far as the office goes. I I stayed far away from anything as far as the office for years. I think even Ed's tried to get me to watch it numerous times. Yep. Uh, Craig's tried to get. I think Craig's tried to get me to watch it numerous times. Is that why you sent me a picture of an award? Did you watch the Dundee Awards? No, no, no. This is this, this, this prestigious thing I bought years ago um, to uh, hand out for our awards here at the podcast, not knowing that this was an office gag until until Edward told me about it. I actually own a Dundee. Yeah, I ordered one off of NBC.com. Oh, nice. 
Yeah, I got this at a Party Galaxy for like five bucks. Fuck yeah. So. And but yeah, the show me the money. Yeah, the, the show me the money, the one. Yeah. Um. So I've dug into the office. I'm enjoying it. I checked out Willy Wonka or Wonka, the new, uh, the new one from last year. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I didn't know it was going to be as a, as a heavy as musical as it is. But uh, so it is a musical. Yeah, it, it's oh, it's very very heavy. Yeah, on music. Um, but but I enjoyed it. You know, every movie has to be at least two hours nowadays. So I was kind of skeptical of how they're going to do the two hour thing with with Wonka. But the story was good. The ending was great. Um, it's going to be interesting to see where I kind of fit that in next week if if it gets fit in at all. Um, the Marvels highly disappointing. <laughs> I seen was, your review on Facebook, yeah. and your I asked you, is it that bad? You're like, it's bad. I was like, is it Madam Web bad? You're like, I don't know yet, but I haven't seen it yet, but it could be, basically. It was it was not entertaining as well. The first 40 minutes, give or take, was probably like, oh, that's it's kind of promising. And then after they uh there's like I'll a scene together. where the yeah, there's like a scene where the they the cats theme is playing from the, the Broadway show The Cats, and I'm like, what are we doing here? <clears throat> yeah, it's it's well, not fun at from all. From what I've heard, how they made the Marvels is that they made it by committee. They would sit there and film some stuff, and then they would see if it would fit. And if it didn't fit, they'd refilm some more stuff. And they were just, they would, they were basically painting by numbers. They were trying to figure out what they could. You know how and it some did not work out. You know how some movies after the pandemic felt real choppy, and it felt like they just yeah. did not know. That's ex- this feels like a pandemic movie. Mm-hmm. So, uh, the Marvels was was not very good. Um, we watched the holdovers for today, but you know what was really good and awkward and weird was Dream Scenario with Nicolas Cage. Never seen um, that. Never even heard of it. It, it, it Nicolas Cage and A twenty four just kind of came together, yeah. and it was it was a pretty pretty intense movie. Mm-hmm. I would. It's kind of like a thriller, a drama, a comedy, and a horror movie all mixed into one. The last nice. Nicolas Cage movie I seen was a uh, Rainfield, and I thought that was fucking amazing. I, you could tell there's uh, stuff missing from it, but I thought it was a real good movie. So those those are all the ones I, I checked out. Uh, I found out Priscilla that I talked about a few weeks ago is on HBO Max or Max. So if you guys want to mm-hmm. check that out, um, Wonka is not streaming anywhere yet. If you guys want to check out the Marvels, go for it. I think it's on Disney Plus. Um, but yeah, or Hulu account. Yeah, or the, and then the office is on on Peacock. So Ed, what about you? We haven't talked to you in a few weeks. What did you uh you recently checked out? Anything fun? Um, kinda, yeah. Uh, so wanted to show the nephew uh why I'm at baseball most of the time. That that's the reason. Um, I wanted to show him Charlie in the Chocolate Factory and Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory, the Gene Wilder and Johnny Depp respective versions. Um, we have not seen Wonka yet. I don't have plans yet until it comes out on streaming or something like that. It's on the Voodoo page now. Sweet. There's that. Um, he definitely liked the Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, the uh, Johnny Depp uh, one much, much more. He just got halfway through. I think he got to the, the Sugar Land or whatever, the factory, and he wanted to go away from Gene Wilder and my wife didn't necessarily like that. Uh, he likes the Gene Wilder Willy Wonka a lot better than the Johnny Depp Willy Wonka. She doesn't like the, um, 
what's it called? The uh, musicals, the musical numbers and all that as much. It's not uh, to be technical. Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory is creepy as hell. It is. And that's <laughs> what I kind of told her. I'm like, this one, is, she, she thinks that Charlie is a lot darker, which, okay, you know, I'll admit that. It's it almost is. a bit more. Yeah. But it, it, it exactly it has a bit more of a backstory has a bit more of a backstory for charlie and for willie you know and all that so there's that um i additionally other than uh vampire diaries we're on season seven or late six or early seven one of the two all kinds of stuff is going nuts right now uh so we're still on that uh i additionally got to watch uh well, National Treasure. Uh, for some reason, oh, I love that movie. I know. <laughs> for some reason, I wanted to go back and watch that. It's just like, okay. Uh, I'm still wait. I'm still. I'm still waiting on the third one. Right. I've heard the TV show is shit. Mm. So don't even. Don't even try. Don't it's even a big cock tease. And then, uh, final. I've kind of gotten a lot in. Uh, final one. Didn't get to finish much of it, but I got, I think, around halfway through uh, Aquaman 2. Mm. Oh, I was about to oh. recommend that's what I've been recently watched besides The mm. Office. I recently watched that. I made it to the point right where he rescues no, um, Orm, and I've dozed off every time. I was maybe yeah, 15 yeah. minutes after that, 10, 15, somewhere after that. So, so what, yeah. what is, it on? is it on Max already? Yes, yes it's yeah. on Max. And I mean, uh, parts that are good, parts that are bad, parts that, like you said, do make you fall asleep. Uh, it's okay, but it's definitely not the first one. You can tell they had to chop up. You could tell they had to change a few things. You could tell that some of it was rushed and some of it was slowed. The whole baby pissing scene, the both scenes of that was just, uh, to me, that was just like, no. Like when the movie starts off. No, I was gonna say when the movie when the movie starts off with him fighting guys on like a giant uh, cargo ship to born to be wild. I was like, oh, so this is the type of movie we're gonna get. The part where the baby is messing with the fish with the radar, whatever wave or whatever happens. First notice he's talking to fish. Yeah, that I'm cool with. I like that. I thought it was good. Thought it was, you know, a connection between. So I was just like, okay, cool. You know, foreshadow more opening up a Right. You know, and kind of go from there. But yeah, the, yeah, it, I don't know. I don't know. I'll, I'll have to resume and continue, I guess. But yeah. That's kind of what I've gotten into. Nice, uh, Jay. Any uh, any anything you've recently got into, or want to, anything you want to recommend? Well, the same as Ed. I've started watching uh, Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. It it was pretty decent from what I got to see of it, but I dozed off before him and Orm because it's a it's a it's a buddy comedy movie basically. Yeah. It's Orm and Aquaman trying to stop whatever they're trying to stop because I, I don't even know what the hell they're trying to stop yet because i fell asleep before i even find out what the mcguffin is but and i'm also on the office season six and i'm getting close to jim and pam's wedding 
So that's what I've been watching. Nice. Zach, you got anything you want to get off your chest? Anything good? <laughs> um, yeah, very I simple, simple. Dune part two went and saw in theaters last night. Uh it's bigger, it's more epic, it's ten times more than what part one was. Um, it is a little girthy at two hours. It's it's only like ten minutes longer than the first Dune. It's um, from what I've seen, it's an hour and sixty-seven minutes. Oh, are you talking about the the Doom Part Two? Eighties or no, no, Doom Part Two is like two hours and like forty-seven minutes. So um, I think you, you can you can watch Doom Part One on uh, it's on Max right now. So. Uh, yeah. I rewatched actually rewatched the first Dune just to get ready for part two part two and that first one is still really good. For part two, it just it's on a whole other level. So if you get a chance, go check it out on the biggest screen you can. So they've even uh, on HBO Max they've even uh, added a documentary on the making of the first film. Yeah, it's called Behind the Scenes of Dune, and yeah. there is a damn near DVD quality copy of Dune Two already out. Isn't that crazy that D that Dune Part One went straight to streaming because of the pandemic, mm -hmm. and then Dune Part Two like completely missed its twenty twenty three chance and had to be pushed to March? Like, damn. Yeah. Yeah. You, I text you guys like the uh, the popcorn bucket I got and a shirt, and Johnny's like, "Is that is that going to be your top t top ten of the twenty twenty four city?" Yep. And Madaboy will be in the top worst of 2024. I watched so. Dune, but I don't remember it. So now that both of them are out, I'm going to go back and see if I can't. Because it was confusing to me. Have you watched original Dune? Which one? 84. From the David Lynch version. No, I haven't seen any other version of Lynch. Yeah, oh. don't, don't, don't waste your time with that. <laughs> I know of it, but I've heard nothing good about it. It was a little rough. <laughs> but yeah, uh, so there's recent watches of recommendations. If you guys want to share anything, like Zach said, hit us up in the email at C-I-N-E-M-E-N-921 at gmail.com. And there you can hit us up and uh, let us know your likes and dislikes. So, okay, see, so did the company. They only use cane sugar and natural ingredients in their sugar. If I'm not mistaken, you can still pick them up from what? Crest Island Crest. or Homeland? Crest Homeland. Um, or you can uh, visit their website. The easiest way to get a hold of them and uh, find out where everything is is on the Instagram page at OKC Sodas. Me and Juan, and I think you have, Zach, uh, have all tried several of them. Uh, honestly, the root beer is amazing. The uh, orange cream soda is good as well. The strawberry milkshake is definitely a unique flavor. So, honestly, recommended if you've never tried it or tried a craft soda. I would strongly suggest going to at least give it a shot because. And from what Juan is saying is that they're trying to go into the medical marijuana drinks as well. That is what they have stated. Yes. So, whenever that happens and comes out, we'll maybe well, go we'll, grab some of that too. We'll <laughs> try that out as well. Um. Gentlemen, I'm gonna 
use the restroom real quick. I'll be right back. But uh, other than that, guys, uh, next week is next week is going to be pretty big. I, I'm excited for next week. People are starting to send in the emails. Um, Zach, what about you? Are you are you stoked for next next Sunday? We're doing yeah, we're doing um, a we're we're doing a noon uh, or and slash one p.m. start time since it is Oscar Sunday. So just yeah. a heads up for everybody watching who is watching uh, right now on Emsawa Productions YouTube channel or Facebook Live. Yeah. Um, but I guess why? Yeah, we're, no, we're we're gonna, I was just gonna say yeah we're gonna do like an early show to so that way if we want to watch the Oscars we we can. Uh, but next Saturday, if you guys want to join us next Saturday. Noon p.m. Central Standard Time. We are going to try to talk sports again. It's the Cinnamon Movie Podcast presents Sports Breakers. Uh, we're taking a break from talking about movies, and we're going to get into the world of sports. Uh, this is just a kind of a uh, kind of like a pilot episode, if you will. We're going to try to get a format down and and some conversation topics going on, and then uh, the first episode, the very very first episode, is going to be. The Wednesday before the NFL draft, um, I have an exact date, um, but we're going to be running three times a week, every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Um, cover all the bases. Yeah, we're going to cover everything. We're going to talk about all different kinds of sports. Um, let me find the NFL draft date. From what I understand, I've seen you guys set, had something for March 9th. That's this Saturday, yeah. yeah. That's this Saturday. We're gonna just like That's I was telling everybody. Episode. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna get everything together and try to just see see what it is. Um, Zach, I know you don't do much sports. Ed, you are a huge football fan. You're also getting into some of the baseball stuff. Craig might join us, so it's gonna be a, um, a who's all is gonna is gonna kind of hang out and join us some days. Um, so, and then uh, Kevin is going to join us and talk all kinds of sports. Um, but the, the first official episode is Wednesday, April the 24th, the Wednesday night before the NFL draft. Um, and then, uh, well, we'll, I can we'll, sit there we'll and talk, tell you I'm we'll a talk some favorite sports. I'm Kevin's roommate, and I can sit there and tell you that he's been watching the combine like it's nothing like. That channel, the TV has not changed from sports in the past week. He is researching big time. Then, and he's uh, also going to be our Clerks episode. Clerks episode. Um, that's going to be a fun episode. Edward loves Clerks. Jay, you love Clerks. Zach has never seen Clerks. Yeah. So. Kevin loves Clerks. Me and Kevin were known as Jay and Silent Bob for a while. <laughs> oh, hell yeah i think it was uh should be should be fun um but today good. we are talking about the holdovers um a cranky history teacher at a prep school is forced to remain on campus over the holidays with a grieving cook a troubled student who has and a troubled student who has no place to go starring paul giamatti divine join joy randolph Dominic Stessa, right? Did I say that right? Yeah. Uh, and directed by Alexander Payne. IMDb score of 8 out of 10. 
97 on the Rotten Tomato meter and a 82 on the Metascore. Uh, at the box office, this film grossed a little over 41 million dollars. Uh, with an October 2023 release date. And we've kind of guessed that it probably has a 20 to 40 million dollar budget. So, which here's the thing about Alexander Payne, the director, I didn't know about. I thought I was watching a movie, one of his first movies, but I've seen Election uh, Sideways and Downsizing. Downsizing sucked, but Sideways and Election were amazing. Does anybody remember those? Uh, I think I, I have election. You're talking about with Matthew Broderick and Reese Witherspoon, right? Correct. Where he yeah. cheats and yeah, yeah. That's that's the movie's great. Um, and I can't remember Sideways. I thought I had it, but Sideways not... is where they sit there and drink wine. They go to different wine countries and they drink wine and shit, and they yeah. all sophisticated. I've I've never sat all the way through it. Um, but Zach, you're the one who picked this movie. You you had nothing but high things to say about it. You had high praise all season long about it. Um, do you remember the first time you got to see this? Did you see it in the movie theater? And what was it like revisiting it for the episode? Yeah, um, I think initially this had like a wide theatrical release in November. I think it was like the week, maybe in the same day as the Marvels when it came out. Um, but I got to see it like a week early, like an advanced screening. Um yeah, like I, I saw the trailer for like a couple months ago. I was like, oh, that, that looks kind of cool, you know, something different. Um, I walked out and I thought, yeah, this is one of the best movies, in my opinion, of the year. And so um, I even had it in our top 10, top five plus five Christmas movies. Um, I think later down the road, this will be like a Christmas classic, in my opinion. It was um, number one for you. No, it was, was four. It two? It was, it was two, was it? It was in my top pretty, five, yeah. It's pretty high. Not the question um, bubble there, Zach, but the director does not look at it. He hates it when it's called a Christmas movie. I did learn that. <laughs> he said well, it's so much more than a Christmas movie. Well, I mean, I, I'm just saying, like, it's just it's Christmas is in the, is in the background. I know the, 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 there's so much more to the movie than that, but I, I just yeah, oh, that's yeah. just what I what I think about it. Um, and on this rewatch, I had the exact same thoughts. I just you know performances direction screenplay it just it's just a very very good film so what about you guys uh ed what about you was this the first time watch for you first time i've never even heard of it before this nice what'd you think a few short words um interesting mm. uh you know for me uh i i checked it out the literally the week it, it hit physical media um, Zach, you hyped it up. I enjoyed it after that first initial watch. Um, I didn't get it. I got it. I got, you know, I understood everything, but this second time around, man, I really just enjoyed the story and the way everything was laid out for you and the performances of Paul Giamatti. So in a few short words, uh, thought it was, uh, powerful. So uh, Jay, what about you? First time watch? Checking it out for the podcast? It was first time watch, but I kept seeing commercials during the office because I don't have premium Peacock and they would show commercials. And that was like 95% of the time when they would go to commercial, they were like the holdovers. Don't forget, it's on Peacock now. And I, was, and I seen the trailer. I was like, that looks really good. And then when you told me it was going to be one we're going to be discussing, I was like, well, there, you're going to have to watch it. 
<laughs> but I, I thought it was a very good movie. I thought it was, uh, there's, oh, speaking of my personal experience of the holdovers, I was once in a boy's home and I got in trouble at my mom's house. So I had to go back home for Christmas and spend my time at a boy's ranch with all the staff. Mm. So I have been a holdover. <laughs> did uh? I was a bad kid did you, growing did, up. Did you separate did you your arm? arm? <laughs> no, I or, didn't. Or did I wasn't that. Stupid. Or did you have a? Or did you have a cranky teacher that just like hated everything about life? Oh, it, we had a we had what they were called house parents, and they were straight dicks. <laughs> They were they were kind of like the Paul Giamatti character where I don't care it's Christmas time screw it and they were just kind of dicks. Wow. <laughs> Speaking of Paul Giamatti, uh, man, the dude's fifty six this year, and uh, we haven't talked that much Paul Giamatti. I don't know when we'll be able to talk about him again soon. Um, so, what are you guys' thoughts and feelings on the actor? You know, uh, going into this, like I said, I've only seen like maybe a handful of Paul Giamatti movies, probably more than. I, you know, probably more than a handful, uh, but it was just, uh, you know, um, you know, he's, 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 for you guys. he's, he's the perfect like side actor, but as far as him being the main guy, I've only seen like maybe a handful, uh, Fred Claus comes to mind. Yeah. One of his very first movies that he got recognition for was Howard Stern's private parts where he played pig vomit. <laughs> oh, Howard's hated uh, radio programmer. I've never seen that movie. Dude, it's <laughs> hilarious. It's on the voodoo. Is it? Yeah. Speaking of random 90s comedy movies. John, you... He was great in John Adams, too. Oh, yeah, John Adams. Um, did you guys remember? Did you guys see that Freddy Got Fingered is getting a Criterion release? Is it really? <laughs> Yes. Would you like some sausages? <laughs> <laughs> I saw that today, and I just thought that was a that was a pretty cool release. Um, but yeah, anybody else have any any thoughts on Paul Giamatti before we talk about the movie? Maybe some favorite, I, I, maybe a movie that introduced you to him, or introduced. I, yeah, I agree with you. I mean, I think he's he's he can be very good as a lead, especially with like something like this. But he's also outstanding as the like this like the supporting actor like uh, Cinderella Man, the boxing movie with Russell Crowe, is very good. Uh, he was in Saving Private Ryan, uh, right. San Andreas, The Truman Show, Straight Outta Compton. Uh, you didn't like him in Planet of the Apes? Tim Burton's Planet of the Apes? <laughs> <laughs> it was all oh, what right, about Big? What about Big Fat Liar? You remember he was in that? I've, you know, I haven't I, seen that's, that one. That, yeah, me neither. That's another 90s movie I haven't seen. I know what it's about. It's got Fred, that... Frankie Muniz in it, correct? Yeah. yeah, and uh, Hillary Duff. Amanda Bynes. Amanda Bynes. Oh, yeah. shit. Isn't that where he steals his movie script and passes it off as his own? And, and he like gets so, blue yeah. paint dumped on him and something? Yeah, because yeah. that was actually yeah. the first film I was introduced to him in. My first he, film was Howard Stern's Private Parts when he played Pig Vomit. And seriously, that was his name in the movie. Uh, that's what Howard Stern called him, was Pig Vomit, because every time you look at him, he looks like a pig and he makes you want to vomit. Yep, Ooh. yep. Yeah, he's he's in it a lot. I've always I, I've been wanting to watch his show Billions. That's on Showtime. I've heard that's a really good show. So, 
Um, but right, right off the bat, you you guys meet the, the three, and then the rest of the holdovers. Um, and boy, you you meet the three right off the bat, and uh, mm. just three different stories, three different feelings. Um, yeah, just get all intertwined. What did you guys think of the? Even though we don't get to hang out with them that much, what did you guys think of the rest of the the holdovers? You see, when I first saw the movie, I was kind of like, oh, that's kind of, I, I thought this was like a three three character story, like a character study of these three people, this is for people. But then when like it's revealed that there's other kids that got hold of part of the holdovers, I was like, okay, that's kind of cool. And like you can tell like even outside of school that they don't like each other or they're just different cliques and they're just trying they're just trying to make the best of the bad situation. Um and then I'll be honest, like when when the other kids got to leave, I was kind of like, oh okay, so we're just kind of stuck with these. But the movie, it, the movie gives you a reason to care about these uh, these these main three characters, and so. And, and the one kid's name Koontz that causes the most trouble before he the, takes yeah. off. The one that looks yeah. like a Dollar General version of Zac Efron. Yeah, yeah. And that was pretty like uh, he was pretty like Bradley Hepner. Yep, I yep. thought he did a real good job. Yeah, he he definitely makes you like dislike him. Um, well, and and really, I think the movie kind of plays with the idea that you are not you're not going to like Tolly, our main played by Daniel Sessa, who's our main kid that we get to know and really come to like. I mean, in the beginning, he's kind of a dick. You're just like, why why are we supposed to care? Why are we supposed to care about this character? He's the champion, but it makes sense by the end. Yeah, Edward, you hate kids. You know, in every movie you talk about, you always hate the kids. So I figured I was like, man, if Edward watches this movie, he's definitely going to be on Paul Giamatti's side. Yeah, I mean, I feel like the kids irritated you probably a bit just because it was whiny, whiny. But like, I can understand it, but at the same time, whiny. Um, Paul G but then again, Paul Giamatti's character is a I know I know it, and I know you don't fucking know it. So I'm gonna go ahead and shut how much I know it and be an asshole at the same time to you because I know it and you don't well, kind of guy. And it's and like it, and that's the fun of that character. It's just like, you know, like the first time we get to see him teach the class, like one of the kids says, I can't fail. It's like, oh no, 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 I, I truly believe you can. <laughs> You and know, that's where it's like, like well, well, I like how he was gonna give him a second chance, but uh Angus speaks up and pretty much runs their second chance. That's yeah. how you know Angus is a dick. And you yeah, because he he's he got a B plus on it. So why in the hell should he care if he has to exactly. make it up or not? Like but the rest of the class got F's and D's and they need that makeup, and he's ruined it for them all. To me, Paul G. Muddy's character is like that teacher who you were like, Can I may I can I go to the bathroom? It's me and I, ma'am. I will shit on the desk. Do you really want that, or do you no, just want to let me go to the bathroom? Like, I, I will shit on the desk and let I you. Had a, I had a teacher in middle school that was like that. Like, if you said because, she would stop you and make you redo it and say it's because. Before she and it was like that every single day. So, I, and she wasn't a history teacher. She was obviously an English teacher, but she she would make you stop. Stand up in the middle of class and say, "Can you say that again?" But this time the correct way. 
something else, I like, something else I liked about Paul James character, which ironically is named Paul. Um, I like how he just randomly just like says uh, history history facts that no one gives a shit about. And you're just like, why would you bring why would you bring that up? I've known a couple people in my life that done that, and you're just like, okay, like when uh, they're just sitting at lunch, sitting having dinner, and it's just Mary and uh, totally totally they're just sitting there like, okay, like no one gives a shit. Why why are you telling us this? Because it's useless information that he has to feel smart about because he is inferior in all other things. Well, the scene where he meets his old high school or not his old, his old college buddy and mm -hmm. he lies about what he's actually doing instead of saying, I'm a teacher at Barton Academy and blah, blah, blah. He's like, oh, no, I'm doing this. I'm writing this and I'm doing this. And that's when Angus is like, I thought Barton men didn't lie. And <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's something that I did like about the movie was like you ought to, the first one I think we really like the their issue is Mary, who's the the cafeteria the lead cafeteria per, uh, lady. She she lost her son in Vietnam. We finally we figure out what happens to Tolly, who his father basically went insane, is in a mental asylum. His mom is, you know, dating some jackwad that he doesn't really care about. And then towards like the last what 30, 40 minutes of the movie, we find out what happened to uh, Paul Giamatti's character, and he's basically he got um, kicked out for plagiarism, essentially. And that's part of the reason why he doesn't feel smart enough, so he has to go ahead and go to kid to feel smart enough. But and not Angus... only that, he ha he has to sit there and make the other students feel inferior, so he feels superior. <laughs> yeah. Yes, sir. Not to mention he's a little toasted every time he messes with the kids. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's always, always <laughs> Well, and I know something that I can't remember. Did they in two viewings, I don't I don't think they officially came out and said he was an alcoholic, but they played with the idea of it, obviously, when like he's like he after he meets his like old college buddy, he goes and picks like a big bottle of Jim Bean up and and everything. Oh yeah, I know. Um, I don't think yeah, I don't you remember think the scene whenever they're in the infirmary and he's doing the stretches, and before he lays yeah. down, he takes a big swig off the gym beam, and even yeah. whenever having lunch, when they had their first dinner together, they sit there and they're like, "Look at this guy, he's lit as shit," yeah. you know. I, yeah, so yeah, I think that, yeah, yeah, he was an. I thought he was an alcoholic. He even when they're off, alcoholic. yeah, even when they're off going bowling, and uh he goes up to the bar next to Santa Claus and has a little has a little drink, you know. He tells, he tells him the truth about the Santa outfit. It's just like, like no, nobody gives a shit. <laughs> Leave me alone, fucker. Like, remember, just drink your drink and shut the fuck up. <laughs> you remember when I went and saw this movie and I was like, it's surprisingly really funny. Like, were you guys surprised at how funny it really was? I thought it, it it had his quirky. I thought it was quirky funny. That's fair. Yeah, yeah. Not necessarily like laugh out loud, but kind of like a like a little smirk. I personally thought it was going to be when the very first time I saw it. I thought it was going to be dark and disturbing. I thought uh, I thought Paul Giamatti was like. Styles. Well, yeah, I thought it was going to end up like some some shining ending or something. I thought he was going to like get fired for touching one of the kids or get you know kill somebody no, no, no. Or, or kill himself okay yeah. who, who sat there and thought whenever he was in the dean's office and they seen that bottle of liquor sitting on that desk 
somebody was going to steal that son of a bitch. Yeah, <laughs> I figured. Yeah. And I, I, I have a, I have a little uh, trivia here that I got off of IMDb. It says the bottle of Remy Martin Luis the Thirteenth, Tres Vilio is worth about ten thousand dollars today, or was worth about thirteen hundred dollars in his time. Wow. You know, I, I, I was hoping for him drinking as much as he did, and you're talking about the bottle when he got in trouble at the end, right? Yeah, the bottle he stole yeah. from the dean. So yeah. I that would be I, worth ten grand nowadays. I thought we would at least get them to sit down and have a drink together before the movie ended. Oh no, I knew <laughs> I knew he was taking it. I knew he was stealing it. I didn't know how it was just Chekhov's bottle of liquor. <laughs> I yeah. just I, I, was, I, thought, I thought it'd be fitting for uh for the teacher and the student to have a drink before he left the campus and got fired. I kind of find it interesting that on, on filming for that matter, they had to use, they used digital and it had more of the film grain that they wanted. Than, well, it looks like that. It looks like that 1970, it looks like a 1970s movie, like the aesthetic of the movie. Yeah. Well, they, they used but, different film, different films. And they said that it didn't match up correctly that they'd even have to go ahead and, and edit it to the grain that they wanted. I was like, that's weird. Where okay. they, got, they got very lucky from where they were filming at because they were the storyline asked for a big snowstorm and yeah. for it to constantly uh -huh. be snowing. And they yeah. got lucky from where they were filming at that they happened to have a snowstorm and it happened to be snowing. And they, they got yeah, lucked yeah. out there. So what's funny about that, I've heard that it was either four or five different schools that they had to go around and film at. Yeah. I've heard it was one. It was like Deerfield or something like that. Hmm. I did a lot of IMDb reading today, and they said that they filmed it at Deerfield. There you go. Okay. Huh. And it was the same school I... that uh, Dominique Sessa graduated from. Oh, nice. Nice. Cool. I think that there's one line in this movie that really sums it up perfectly, and I, it pretty much like a like lost my lost my words. It, it, it summarizes the entire not only the film but the characters themselves. Is um, I believe it's Mary that says it is that these boys are broken in body and spirit, and that's exactly what all three of these characters are essentially. You know, Mary's a grieving mother. Uh, Tully is a kid who doesn't. I think he's trying – He he's a troubled kid but doesn't want to go all the way to military school and just wants, the like, the love of his mother even though her mother – his mother is just doing her own thing. And, yeah, like we said, uh, Paul is just kind of, you know, teaching these bratty kids who ultimately at the end of the day are there because of their, their parents' mother uh, money. All right, guys. One of our sponsors piece is Red and Blue's. Don't forget to check out Red and Blue's Pizza. You can order now. Uh, they're open late, so enjoy them. Uh, whenever you sit down and check out a movie or uh, some sports, whatever you want to do, 405-602-2838. They do deliver with Uber Eats. Um, or you can check them out here locally at 4500 South May Avenue right here in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. Um, they have pizzas, calzones, sandwiches, salads, wings, um, awesome family deals for less than 30 bucks. Or if you just want a pizza or two, you can get a double deal for less than 20 bucks. Yep. Um, they have fajita pizzas, cheeseburger Ooh. pizzas, all different kinds. Just hit them up. 
Um, we share them all the time on the Facebook page, so go check them out on the social media. Um, but the easiest way, give them a call, 405-602-2838 to place your order now. And again, tell them that the Cinnamon Movie Podcast sent you and get 10% off an entire purchase over $20. Now, That's I would say they are one of the few that are just as good there as they are with Uber Eats, at least in my experience, because there's a lot of places that isn't that good uh, through Uber Eats, and you have a lot of stuff missing, a lot of stuff not right, and all that. That is one place that actually does get done right with Uber Eats, legitly. I've only had one of our sponsors, and San Marcos was that sponsor, and I love that place. <laughs> I'd like to try the. I'd like to try the cola, especially when they get to the marijuana variety, <laughs> and I'd like to try the pizza place. I'd I'd love to. Honestly, and all us do us at the same time. Yeah. What better way? And a pizza. What better way than to, to uh, enjoy your movies with some pizza and some marijuana soda? Um, yeah. <laughs> some of the scenes that kind of hit the feels that you don't you don't think that oh you know here's a. Mr. Uh, I done forgot what we were talking about. Who then? Yeah. Mr. Angus um, is not oh, such Mr. a bad Angus. guy. What about the scene where he helps uh, the little Asian kid when he wet the bed? You know, he could have, he could have, I, I was expecting them to, for him to make full on uh, fun of the kid. They probably it was a very sweet moment where he was like, don't worry, I have nightmares myself. Won't you find a dry spot and just go back to sleep and we'll wake up and hide the stuff in the morning so nobody knows and they won't crucify you. Nope. That kind of yeah. shows you that he has some sense of humility to him and some sense yeah. of kindness in him. I think he's a kind dude overall. I, I think it's just the people around him. And kind of the, the cards he got dealt with, that kind of just always puts him in a bad mood. You know, I have it here in the, the notes about Tully's phone call. You know, that phone call set his tone for the rest of the movie. Um, yeah. His parents or his mom was more worried about, you know, going off and finally getting her me time with her her new husband than letting Tully come home for uh, for Christmas. And that phone call pretty much set his tone. Mm-hmm. You know, in, a, in another quirky moment that I find hysterical is, you know, when they're when he's making them like jog out in the in the snow and he's like smoking his uh his pipe, and then, like later in the film after he you know after the other boys have left and he's like by this point he's like doesn't give a shit and so he he forces uh, Paul to run up through the stairs and he's like, well don't you know Bart Minner's supposed to stay in say, shape and like Paul's just huffing and puffing and can't keep can't, can't, can't he does catch cartwheels through the hall, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So, you know, honestly, I thought the most the most powerful moment in the movie was with the, and it's just, I think it's shot really well. I think Divine Joy Randolph, I think she's pretty much in the bag for best best supporting actress at the Oscars next weekend. Um, is when she is looking at her son's baby stuff and she gives it up for her sister. And I thought. You don't need no dialogue. It's all in her face. It's just a very powerful, sentimental moment of, you know, this was once up, my. Uh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, this is just this was my son's stuff, and so I need to, I need to give it to someone that has will have use for it. I don't want to jump the favorite scene 
already, but my two favorite scenes was whenever they were sitting there watching the newlywed game. And the first thing you get is her telling her side of the story on what made her click. Like she lost her son. She thought the Mm -hmm. teacher was, uh, her son thought the teacher was an asshole, you know? (laughs) Yeah. You know, but you, you understand her as a mother that lost her husband young and Mm -hmm. she lost her son young. And she's yeah. just trying to fill fill a gap in her life. But then the next time they talk, it's Paul Giamatti's turn to sit there and be like, well, I was a I was romantic back in college. I almost got married. But, you know, just take a look at this face. Do you think this face looks like the type of face that would draw any women in? But those two scenes right there kind of, they placated each other on giving you information about two people that were hidden most of the movie mm-hmm. you because paul giamatti's character is a complete dick to everybody and this was the only time he seemed human yeah that's true well actually to jump forward even jump forward even ahead there's another like reciprocal scene of where after tully breaks his arm he they go to the hospital and he, he covers for paul and then at the end of the movie when tully's parents comes and says hey did you, did you take our son out for a wild vacation Paul, in turn, covers for Tully, and so yeah, I kind of agree with you. It's it's very much a he can be a human when the right when the time needs to be, and so I think and Paul Giamatti plays that uh, really well in this. Should we go ahead and say it's been nominated for five Academy Awards? Sure. Now would be the uh, time. It's been nominated. It's nominated for Best Picture, Best Actor Paul Giamatti, Best Supporting Actress Divine Joy Randolph, Film Editing Kevin Kent Tent, and Original Screenplay by David Henningsen. The only problem I have with this list is Best Supporting Actress because Divine J Randolph was not a supporting actress. She was the main actress in the movie. Yeah, that's, that's my only problem with that. She was the main character. She was the main female lead. That's uh, that's politicking right there. Yeah, I don't really know like the criteria that they always like. I I totally agree with you. I mean, she is the main actress in this. Um, I don't really know like what their criteria is for someone to be a supporting and a main act. Now, actor, if you want actress. to sit there and say who's a supporting actress, it would be that other teacher, Carrie, the one that brings him cookies and stuff. That would be oh, a best yeah. supporting. That, that would be a supporting actor, but Homegirl was straight actor. <laughs> yeah. So, I think you, you think week, you think you think you think that nomination helped her or hurt her as far as like, you know, say she got nominated for best actress, then would it be such a given for Lily Gladstone? Or do you think, you know, maybe they're like, "Hey, she deserves an Oscar. Let's just make her supported so she at least gets something. I, I think, think I that. think they're no go ahead, Jay. No, I just said I think it's that. Go ahead. Oh. Well, I was gonna say, I think they're I think the reason she got supporting is that she I mean, she does after she after they drop her off at her sister's house, she does kind of disappear until the end of the movie, honestly. She I mean, there's really no more story for her left. So now we just focus on Tolly and Paul. I could have sworn I, I mean you'd have to really go back and do like how long was she in the movie but I could have sworn I read something that if if you're in the movie 
30 minutes or less, you're considered. So I don't know. Supporting I don't know what the criteria. Yeah, I don't know what the criteria is or something. But I think she should have been nominated for. I mean, can somebody get nominated for both? Zach, we had this discussion about Robert De Niro and Leonardo DiCaprio a few months ago. Yeah. We also had the same. Con- we said we had we had the same conversation with Judas and the Black Messiah. How Daniel Kaluuya and uh, Lakeith Stanfield. It probably should have been opposite. Oh uh, yeah, in, yeah, in their roles. So. Yeah. Well, De Niro and DiCaprio, they had about equal screen time. So. Yeah. yeah. That's true. That's true. Because Leo's not even nominated, but De Niro's mm-hmm. nominated for Best Supporting Actor. When one could argue that De Niro could have been nominated for Best Actor. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it'll it'll be fun conversation next week. I'm sure you know next week next week's episode could be a little girthy. Usually we run like an hour, hour fifteen. Next week is one of the only weeks where we may run a whole two hours. But next week is gonna be fun because we're gonna talk about all of our favorites from twenty twenty three. We're also going to give some predictions and uh, maybe see who walks out with the main hardware at the Oscars. Ed, you kind of seemed a little hesitant at the beginning about talking about this movie. We're going to get to the little, it's not really a segment, but now we get to the part of the episode where we kind of maybe talk about if we had any nitpicks with this movie. Was this something that didn't stand out for you or do you have any kind of issues with the, you know, was it not maybe not a fan favorite for you? It wasn't. I mean, honestly, like I didn't really connect with anything or anybody. Um, you know, Jay. I mean, maybe, maybe I didn't have that experience, so it was just like something that I didn't. You know, like yeah, fuck that teacher. Yeah, these kids are little bitches, or you know, whatever. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I can see a lot about. Um, why people would go ahead like i can see why it's got its accolades and stuff like that but i mean it's just not really one for me like uh it felt especially after the beginning uh oh after the beginning scene uh the initial like rip on the class and I think after the boys were meeting up in the street and having cigarettes or whatever and kind of introducing each other to everybody, yeah, it it kind of just dragged a bit for me here and there. Um, well, I, if I didn't, I, I really don't have any nit- – I think if I had to nitpick, I think this, this movie's two hours and 13 minutes. I think you could have cut this down to mm-hmm. two hours, maybe an hour and 50 minutes, honestly. Mm-hmm. But even then, That's like – the, the 13 minutes say is like maybe the credits. I mean, if you had to, if you had to take something out though, Zach, what would you take out? Cause I'm almost, I'm not going to say every scene, but almost every other scene is kind of pivotal in maybe the way somebody feels or the way the story was leading to the drinking bowling maybe, scene didn't need to be there. That's true. Maybe the, maybe I hate, I don't, I wouldn't take this out because I like this scene, but maybe the Christmas party, the Christmas dinner, where they get in, where they get invited to the Christmas, the other teacher's Christmas party. Um, oh, but you have just, that scene just, with just that scene where he's eating the brownie, or the scene before. Probably the scene before. Like, I like the he... scene because it shows that Mary is still grieving. Like they all like find her in the kitchen, and you know she's just un- unconsolable. Um, but I like how each one of them are like. 
like I think the janitor's trying to hit on Mary. The Tolly is down there trying to hit on the niece, and uh, the other teacher's trying to hit on Paul. So it's kind of like this weird. Everyone's flirting well, with each other, but a very like you horrible think that that other teacher is trying to hit on Paul until you see her man yeah. come into the party and she makes out with him, and he's all like, "Well, damn." Yeah. Yeah. She's trying to get the thruple going on, you know. <laughs> you also learn about Paul Giamatti's character's uh, glance thing, where no he problem. smells like fish. Yeah. I'm not. Sure I like how it's totally. with it. <laughs> That's what I she like wanted. Totally. She, she wanted a threesome with Aquaman and her husband. Yeah. <laughs> I like how Tully also says, "Like, what eye am I supposed to look at?" And at the end of the movie, he's like, it's "The right one." <laughs> he actually you answers the question. You know, I asked you that a few weeks ago. If that was a, a real lazy eye from Paul Giamatti, if it was like fake, I think that's mm -hmm. fake. I still haven't. It's fake. No, I looked it up on okay. IMDb today, and they, <laughs> it, it, it's a prosthetic. They he had to do makeup for it. Okay. And they just went that's with hysterical. it. They just because it, it makes a it great was bit. A prosthetic it makes a great eye. bit. Yeah, it looked it looked good enough. That's why I had to ask Zach. I was like, surely he didn't like get in a car accident and get like a lazy eye or something. Look, Edward's doing one right now. Anytime he done the lazy eye and had that lazy eye prosthetic in, he couldn't see. He was blind. Oh shit. Yeah, that's why I heard about that too. Like just out of that one eye though, right? Yeah. Fuck. So any driving scenes were fucked. He, he was blind as shit one eye. And again, we're talking about this next week, but you know, I have to ask now: Do you guys really think it's a wrap in the bag for for Cillian Murphy, or do you think there could be a dark horse in mm -hmm. Paul Giamatti next week? No, no. I I, I do. Th I think I think Cillian has it in the bag, but I, it wouldn't surprise me if uh, Paul Giamatti walked away with it. Because you know, sometimes they throw those those curveballs at the Oscars. The Oscars are just like we got to stand out from all the other awards this past few weeks. Cillian well, that Murphy and they, he's got it bag in the bag, just like Zach said. Cillian Murphy's got it. Well, and I think I think the Oscars have gotten better at trying to share the wealth equally throughout the different movies. As long as fucking poor things doesn't win the best picture, I think we'll be fine. Best picture is still Oppenheimer. So. Yeah, I agree. Was, uh, it's going to be interesting. Now, best supporting actress, I could see Divine Joy Randolph winning that. Yeah, I think Lily oh, Gladstone's sure got. Lily Gladstone's got best actress. Best actress. Up. Yeah, Christopher Nolan's got best director. So exactly. why, why? And you know, you you guys aren't even going to have to watch the Oscars after our episode next week because we're going to tell you our favorites plus the predictions. So why why even why even tune in? We'll tell you everything. We got this. And we're probably going to be more entertaining next week too. And we're we're in separate rooms, so we can't go. If you know somebody starts talking about somebody else, we can't you know hit or slap like Will Smith did a few years ago. So hey, we sure, might yeah. go ahead and transport ourselves. Okay, you know, fucking be like, hold on a minute, I'm gonna drive over to your house real quick. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, Come to Kansas and get body slammed. <laughs> uh. Favorite scenes for the holdovers. Uh, Jay, Jay, you kind of started with yours. Do you want to stick with those, or do you want to add one yeah, more? Yeah, I want to stick with the. Uh, okay. I thought those were great. I thought the end scene, whenever he was sitting there drinking, he was at that that crossroads where do I turn right or I turn left, and he just takes a swig of that drink, 
and it's just like fuck it i'm going whatever way feels correct because yep. by the end of the movie he, he he has no goal he has no ulterior yeah. motive to, he has nothing to drive him anymore besides that what it was a it's a book of what do they call it the monograph yeah oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. We haven't we haven't had this segment in in a long long time. But what do you guys think? The uh, damn it, Jay, Jay, you just said it. The uh, MacGuffin. MacGuffin. What do you think the MacGuffin yeah. was? The bottle. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> the well, champagne I mean, of like, beers. You can make an argument for the bottle. The, the beer he never got. Yeah, because I mean that's one of the first things you see in the movie is they they actually show a close up of that bottle and that ends up being the last thing that you see towards the end of the movie. So yeah, that's true. That's Chekhov's bottle. <laughs> Interesting. It must go off. Zach, what about you? You have a favorite scene or two? A uh, favorite scene, I'd say uh, the Christmas party scene. I thought, like I said, it, you know, you can make an argument that that could be cut, but I think there are some, some good scenes in that. Um, the first time you get to meet Paul and the, the kids and he's just like disgracing them, insults left and right. And I, I agree with you, uh, Jay. The newlywed scene is, a gr is great. Um, and something else that, you know, we really didn't talk about, but the... Uh, after they go see Tolly's father and they have this like really sentimental, sentimental moment of like, you're not your father. You're not going to be like that. You're, you're your own man. I think that was very, very powerful. Um, and then they follow that up the cherry Jubilee and they, that's a, that's another great scene. So. I'd, I'd agree with you, Zach. The cherry Jubilee scene is, is fantastic. Um, it's a really depressing scene, but when they drive up to Boston and he goes up and sees his dad, Paul yeah. Giamatti's like, yeah, of course we can go see a cemetery. Come to find out it's not. Um, yep. The uh, For some reason, when Paul Giamatti gets in trouble, you feel like you're in trouble. So the backlash of the Boston scene, uh, yeah. the backlash of Boston just kind of is, is a favorite scene. Um, and then if I had to pick one more, I would probably pick the first dinner scene. Uh because you don't get all the holdovers for dinner. I think you only get to see that one time, maybe two or three it more is, times. It is. It's only that one time. No, it's um, that one time. And they make uh, that, uh, what's his name? Kurt Koontz or whatever Koontz. his name is. He makes fun of uh, Mary. And he's like, well, she should yeah. just get the fuck over it. And Paul Giamatti's character is like, you need to shut the fuck up. Yep. She just, hit, you know yeah. what I mean? Yep. You have yeah. no idea what that woman's been through. And then any scene that you kind of see Mary, but Mary's breakdown. Um, yeah. I, ha I have it labeled as Mary's meltdown. Um, that oh, scene. Party, I, think, I think, yeah, I think that scene yeah. right there is what gets her the Oscar. So those are my favorite scenes. Uh, Ed, what about you? Um, I would have to say the first, I'm just going to call it the first rip scene kind of sets the tone for the movie. Um, especially, Paul Giamatti's character, uh, how he's going to be with a lot of the kids most of the time. Uh, I would additionally say, kind of like I mentioned earlier, the scene where they're just kind of chilling in the street, in the uh, street by the uh, truck, and you know, you, you at first see the Christmas tree and the two guys carrying it, and they're like, "What are you doing with the Christmas tree?" And they're like, "Oh, we uh, got it sold to it." Back. 
You know, and you kind of see how some of the kids are. Um, interestingly enough, you know, you, you, you got some slander and all that going towards one way. And yeah, you, you just kind of get a feeling for how the kids are. Uh, so I, I'd say those two scenes to me, I like most. I thought another one of the great jokes that hit hit really hard with me was uh, when uh, Tolly. I think it was the scene where they're Tolly and the kid was fighting, and you know, Giamatti's like, "All right, just like the Romans, one doesn't tell the truth, you all suffer." And and Tolly's like, "Well, I, wow, I thought all the Nazis were still hiding in South America." Well, see, uh, uh, making everybody suffer as a group. Uh, Juan probably knows this. My mom used to do that with me and my brother. <laughs> if one got in trouble, we both got in trouble. So we kept each other's asses in line. And so, it was like seriously, my mom was like that. My mom was like that. If one of you fucks up, you both fuck up. <laughs> wow. Uh, well, she Star? got tired of raising two boys. Oh. <laughs> the football team would be like that, too. No, great. Yeah, who, who who got caught for this? Y'all all running suicides, bro. No, so there was a time in basics to where the guide on the troop flag got left behind at the defect or the cafeteria, and the uh, the guy who was the guide on ban bearer, uh, pretty much he got asked uh, two hours with senior drill sergeant, and your ass gets smoked singularly. Or one hour and everybody gets it, and he apparently chose just himself. But mm -hmm. we, we we got dropped plenty of times with each other, and trust me, if you uh, if you had your fingers in certain areas, they were getting smashed by some other guy's boots, Ooh. and it, it sucked <laughs> ass. I had holes in the bottom of my palms from how many push-ups and all that crap that we did on both hands, and I mean I bleeding. I didn't realize how much since we've been talking about it, how much I actually have in common with the movie. You know, like I said, I was a holdover mm -hmm. for Christmas. I went to visit my mom for Christmas. She said she couldn't handle me no more. So she sent me back to the boys ranch. I don't know if Juan well, knows that or anybody knows that I'd lived at a boys ranch for about eight months. Oh, wow. I was going to ask behavior. Jay, I was going to ask Jay, is it, I mean, Obviously, this is a different experience, but like, was there was there similarities like with what uh, Tully oh, had to go through? Very much so, very much so. We had our own houses, and so it would be like certain kids they their their parents. The school might have been in Edmond, but some of these kids lived in like Phoenix and Colorado and other places, so they never got to go mm -hmm. home for Christmas. So, yeah, the holdovers, they were the holdovers, and I was a holdover as well. So I was like, holy shit, I experienced this. We didn't, and the teacher was a dick, or, or, or I should say our house parents. And so this would probably be, you know, and correct me if I'm wrong, but during, what, the 90s, somewhere in the 90s that you got to experience this? 93, 94, okay. maybe 95. Fair enough. Somewhere in that there's a, there's there's a boys ranch in Edmond, Oklahoma. So. Wow. Oof. Star rating. Uh, Zach, we'll start with you. Uh, yeah. Uh, three really great performances. Strong direction from Alexander Payne. I, even the cinematography was very good in this. 
Mm -hmm. uh, enjoy the 1970s aesthetic. Like it opened up with the old 60s, 70s focus feature and then like the MP MPAA writing for the movie. I thought that was really cool. Um, really great story. Uh, three damaged people learning, learning from each other how to move on from their traumas. Uh, I'm going to give it a nine. Uh, Non-spoiler talk for next week. It will be in my best of best of list next year next week so uh, guys? everything you said you i couldn't have said it better um it's it's just powerful some good performances go check it out on the on the peacock i'm gonna give it an eight uh still a high rating loved it uh i didn't have any issues with the second time other than just a little slow pacing like you said zach there are some scenes you could take out uh eight stars for me uh ed what about you I guess I'm going to be the dickhead of this episode. Uh, sorry, but uh, six. I mean, I I can see the. I I can see the good parts of it. I just couldn't get into it. I, I don't know why, but I I just I don't know. It just did not like. I I kept finding myself, thinking that going trailing off, in, in different. I had that problem last week, Ed, with Killers of the Flower Moon. Fair enough on that, but that's a significantly longer movie. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I mean, I just, I, I was trailing off a lot. So, I mean, I, I don't know if I'm going to chalk it up to that or if it's just I didn't connect or both or whatever. I, yeah. So, uh, six. Jay, what about you? I'm going to go with an eight. I like, like you guys have said before, the cinematography, everything, the, the performances were, were great. But it seemed like I have seen this movie before, you know, hard nosed teacher, uh, misunderstood student, you know, and they finally come together at the end and they bond. You know, I've seen like I've seen this movie before. So it just yeah. felt rehashed? A little bit. I can understand that. Um, for the first time this calendar year, um, we're going to get in some time. emails. Yeah, we're going to get in some emails real quick. Um, if you guys haven't listened to us before, send them in at C-I-N-E-N-E-N-921. Um, I will read either the name you send on that email head or the uh, the, the username. Um, if you prefer the username, you guys usually put it in the in the subject matter. So um, let's, let's dig into some emails. Usually I'll kind of just, if you guys haven't listened to before, or Jay, this is your first time. I'll kind of mm -hmm. just read out the email aloud, and uh, if it's a question, you guys can answer, or if it's just a statement, you guys can still put your two cents on this on the statement. Uh, Sarah ninety seven said, "Loved your past lives conversation. It was definitely one of my favorites of twenty twenty three. Can't wait to hear all you guys' top ten next week." Um, mm -hmm. Past lives was a few weeks ago. If you guys want to check it out, go listen to it. Um, Henry says, I really enjoyed The Holdovers, giving this a 10. My single nice. favorite movie of 2023. Um, nice. Jesse says, Killers of the Flower Moon was so good, but three and a half hours. I ask, do films really need that length? What's you guys' stance on long films? If you have a story it... to tell that's that long, then tell it. <laughs> if not, cut that shit down. We don't need extra fat. <laughs> Zach, your turn. Uh, you sum her up perfectly, Jay. If the story, <laughs> if the story needs it to tell, if it, if the movie needs it to tell the story properly, that's fine. If not, then yeah, we can do it. Do it. Do it. Do a 
short theatrical cut and do like a director's cut when it hits Blu-ray. See, that's where the mid uh, the mid two thousands, early two thousands. That's what they would do. They would sit there and they would re release the theatrical cut on DVD and Blu-ray, and then they yeah. would have the director's cut later on, like with the Lord of the Rings. And those are yeah. my definitive movies right now. The Lord of the Rings director's cut. That's all I watch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Peter, yeah, Peter Jackson's like, and I I enjoy that. I mean, he'll do like the theatrical, then he'll release like the extended edition if you want to see like more of the story. You don't want to, okay, I, this is sidetracking. Peter Jackson is one of my favorite movies of his, The Frighteners. Oh. <laughs> Have you guys seen that? No. Michael J. Fox? Yes. Mm -hmm. Uh, I, I own it. I just haven't watched it in a very long time. Okay. Michael, J, Michael J. Fox plays a paranormal investigator that can actually see ghosts. And he ha sits there and takes the ghosts that are his friends and goes to different people's houses and makes it look like their houses are haunted. And so he shows up as a con man trying to get rid of the ghost. Um... But there's actually, there's actually <laughs> someone out there killing off people in the town that looks like death. And so that's the mystery of who is death and why is death come to the town. Oh, okay. Give it a look. Give it a watch. Yeah. It's fucking great. I haven't watched it in a while. Huh. Uh, it came out in 96. Valerie says, the creator was so dull to me. No emotion. No character-driven story. Five. Enjoyed the podcast yeah. episode more than I did the actual movie. <laughs> um, Glad we could help that experience. <laughs> Jets fan six two two says the holdover is extraordinary. One of my favorite movies from last year. Nine for me. Uh, Gabriel says my top five Scorsese films in this order: five Shutter Island, four Gangs of New York, three Taxi Driver, two The Irishman, and number one <clears throat> The Departed. Uh, again, if, if if you guys have uh, listened to last week's episode, send some more of those in. We'll uh, we'll talk about them again next week. Um. Coco Chris says, can't wait for next week's episode. All the favorites and the best of shows are always my favorite. Can't wait to see what everybody's favorite actors and best films of 2023 are. I can go ahead and say, I'll say, I'll spoil this, that the movies for 2023 are only the ones that I've seen and that I enjoy that made me feel good. There you go. Okay. So, so number one is Barbie. A, no, <laughs> I've never one. seen Barbie. I'm just kidding. <laughs> You know, I saw that Ryan Gosling is going to perform uh, Ken next week at the at the Oscars. He's singing. Yeah. So. I saw that I am Ken Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Kendall says Dune Two is amazing. I'd love to hear you guys' review <clears throat> on his take on Blade Runner with oh, twenty forty nine. Yeah. That sequel gets so much shit. Have you guys ever reviewed it? And would you think about talking about it? We have not. Yeah, I have not seen it. I've only seen Blade no. Runner twenty forty nine once. Yeah. So yeah, I like to talk about that. I that was seen yeah, Blade that, Runner. That, that was a pretty good movie. You haven't seen the original Blade Runner or just twenty forty nine? I uh, twenty forty nine. I've seen the original Blade Runner, but it's been so long that I might as yeah. well not have seen it. Same. Yeah. Uh, Yuri says my top five Marty Scorsese films: number five, The Departed; number four, Taxi Driver. Number three, Main Streets. Number two, Casino. And number one, Goodfellas. I remember last week when we uh, we were all trying to name our top five, Taxi Driver, we didn't have a place for it. It was like Taxi Driver was the odd man out. Yeah, it yeah. was it was my uh, honorable mention. 
Steven says Killers of the Flower Moon was amazing. Ten stars. Definitely want to see where it's at on some of you guys' lists. Uh, and then we'll finish off with Kyle. Kyle's top five of 2023 is... Uh... Usually, I'll stop it and read it next week, but I think I'm going to just ease right into it so we can see what, 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 what one of them are. Number five, Wonka. Number four, Oppenheimer. Number three, Barbie. Number, mm -hmm. two, number two, Creed three, And number one, mm -hmm. Killers of the Flower Moon. Interesting. All right. Well, I could tell you none of those are in my top five. <laughs> <laughs> so it's going to be interesting. Next week, we're talking... Uh, on Oscar Sunday, March 10th, top five plus five, 2023 year end review next week. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm honestly kind of excited. I don't know. Yeah. You know, a few weeks ago, we talked about our worst of 2023 and we gave out the prestigious dog shit of the year award. So next week is all positive. So we don't have to talk about worst films next week. So, yeah. Should be a, I should will be spoil one one thing for next week. One of my uh -oh. favorite performances, and I didn't even get to watch all the movie, was Jason Momoa in Fast X. That fucker ate up every scene he was in. He was a delight. <laughs> he's he's not lying. Jason Momoa, it's like he he was a different person during Fast Ten. He's a de he's definitely that best best part of the movie. Yeah. So, so I'll it, definitely it should, be talking about him next week. Should be fun to see what's on everybody's lists, who we liked, who we didn't like, and maybe what's in store for this upcalendar, this upcoming calendar year. So, uh, I think before uh, before we get out of here, does anybody have anything, uh, any final nails in the coffin for the holdovers? No. No. Go go check it out on Peacock. Go see Doom Part Two in the theater, um, and we'll see you next week for the 2023 review episode. And yeah. if you're watching The Office, continue. That will be true. Next week, biggest show of the year, 2023 Top 5 Plus 5, right here on another new episode of the Cinnamon Movie Podcast.